What's up, Gator Country? Man, Andrew Spivey back with Ethan and Bailey. Uh, guys, we're uh, post-NFL draft, so that means we're a little bit closer to uh, football season. And, uh, Ethan, you're right. The Gators did take a series against Vandy, and uh, it was a wild series. And, Bailey, uh, go up and uh, have Missouri come to town and take two out of three. And now just sit a game back of Arkansas Steel. Uh, rough series. Uh, pitching wise at times for the for the Lady Gators, but uh, overall good weekend for the Gators. Uh, eight uh, guys drafted. Uh, some surprises there, and we'll get into that. I guess uh, first of all, Ethan, how shocked? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, Ethan. We got to know the story about the water park. The man goes to the water park, hurts his arm. He's MIA for the Vandy series. I mean, yeah. did you just want to miss the Vandy series? You thought it was gonna be that bad? No, to be honest, missing the Vandy series was actually like one of the first things that went through my mind after it happened. Like, like this couldn't happen any other time of the year. But no, what happened basically got on, went to a water park, got on a water slide, and couldn't figure out how to get off the tube when we got to, got to the pool because it was like a two-person tube. But for whatever reason, they only had one person in a tube at a time, so I had a hard time trying to figure out how to get out of it without flipping the thing over on top of me, and so I ended up rolling over onto the concrete steps and dislocated my shoulder and was not a, not very fun that day. So you're on the 10-day IL, or are we going to put you on the 60-day IL? Uh, I mean, 60 days, not necessary. Probably 10-day and then need maybe a couple minor league rehab assignments before I get back. There you go. There you go. Uh, let's let's recap that uh, that series real quick. Uh, so Gators, uh, Gators put it on uh, uh, rocker and, and win uh, – one uh and then they uh they they lose no no sorry they lose game one to rocker put it on lighter and then turn around and, and win game three. First of all how vandy with as great of pitching they are do not have a number three starter is wild to me but whatever it may be, the Gators take advantage of it and um you know for all the talk about you know what's going on with this team I, I say it all the time. It doesn't matter how you start. It's how you finish. And I think this team's starting to finish uh, how we thought this team could be. Uh, obviously, a little bit different. The pitching isn't as good. Um, but Judd Fabian's starting to hit a little bit more. Uh, you're seeing Nathan Hickey still hit really good. Chris Armstrong starting to come around. Um, is this team hitting the strides at the right times, Ethan? It definitely seems like they are. I mean, they just... That Vanderbilt team was a team that... I still think, as of now, would be the favorite to win the national championship with those two stars that they've got. It was just an incredible offensive series. They scored 23 runs in three games against the best pitching staff in the SEC, I think by a pretty decent margin. They got three home runs and five runs off of Jack Leiter, who a couple weeks ago people were saying that he was basically the equivalent of having a major league starter stuck in a college uniform. And then pitching-wise... I mean, they didn't get a good start from Franco Alamon in game one, and that ended up costing them. Tommy Mace, same thing, didn't get off to a great start, but he was able to battle through it and give him eight innings, and that ended up being a huge factor in game three because then they were have, able to have Jack Lefwich, Christian Scott, all available to go basically an unlimited amount. And then also, I think one of the underrated parts of the series that nobody's really talked about was in game one when they got down big – they battled back on offense and forced Vanderbilt to have to use their game three starter or the guy who had been starting the last couple of weeks in game three. They ended up having to use their closer 
they basically by even though they didn't win that game, they forced Vanderbilt's pitching situation for the entire weekend to get flipped over and give the Gators the advantage the last two games, and they took advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is is this team is starting to to really battle, and and I don't want to say they didn't battle at the beginning of the year. That's that's not fair to say, but you know, at, at times at the beginning of the year, it did look like this team when they got down, they kind of folded. Um, and, and again, I'm not saying they did. It just it, it, it put that impression out there. This looked like a team that was like last year where it didn't matter if it was nine to nothing, you know, or if it was, uh, you know, eight to nine or, or, or one to nothing. They're putting good at bats throughout the game. And, you know, like you said, Kamar Rocker and Jack Leiter have the potential to be one and two in the in the MLB draft here in June. Uh, overall, good series. Judd Fabian starting to hit as well, like I said. And, you know, I, I think it's safe to say Jack left which is starting to settle into that bullpen role looked really good on Sunday uh, overall and um, you know I, I mean there's nothing wrong with being an MLB closer you're gonna make a lot of money yeah and he's I think the interesting thing with him is gonna be because they still don't really have three starters that you can feel great about at some point do they try to move him back into the rotation once you get into the postseason or do you try to make him a Michael Byrne type where he's a closer that can go basically however many innings you need him to go uh if it's me i i leave him in his role because i think the i think what what we talked about a couple weeks ago is the biggest thing for for uh leftwich and that is it's mental right now and it, it, it's their stuff is fine but it's the mental part of okay what you know what happens when i get in trouble and i think moving him back and forth would just cluster his mind up even more i say leave him there obviously i'm not sully i don't make the big money but if it was me i'd leave him in his role let him go and figure it out i mean listen the rays made it to the world series last year with an opener it can be done (laughs) uh bailey let's go to softball real quick uh two out of three against missouri uh saturday's game was just uh yeah bad (laughs) but uh overall pretty good series yeah i mean I don't know that I'd call it a good series. Missouri's good, so, you know, it's good to go in there and win two out of three. But really, I'd say Florida just escaped yeah. from that one, and um, which sometimes that's what you've got to do in the SEC. So, you know, in game one, it took a comeback win. Uh, game two, like you said, it was awful. Run rule in five innings. It, it, that just, we won't even talk about first it. First one of the year, no. right? That's the first run rule yeah, of the year, right? I think they said 2019, which, I mean, last season was barely a season. Right. But, uh, yeah, it, it's been a while since anyone run with Florida. Um, Natalie Lugo, I think she only made it like an inning and a third. Uh, and it was just – it was a rough day for Florida then. Uh, and then Sunday, they just couldn't get their bats off their shoulders until the seventh inning, Hannah Adams comes in clutch again. They, they're always re- having to rely on her to do that. And, you know, she steps up, hits a three-run homer in the seventh inning to, to win the game. So, you know, sometimes that's what it takes. But Florida's really just got to get more consistent up at the plate right now. Same story all year. 
you know, it, it seemed like in the Alabama series it was getting a little bit better, um, and and things were starting to improve at the plate. Um, and then it kind of goes back to you know what we've said all year, or most of the year, and that is the bats are going to determine how far this team is going to go. And you know, you can't rely on Lugo and uh, Chronister and um, and the rest of the staff to you know throw gems every week. I mean, you 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 just can't, and, and that's going to be a a problem that you you see in the World Series. I mean, teams are going to be able to hit those girls. I mean, they're it just is what it is. I mean, they're going to get hits. Even you know, I mean, Clayton Kershaw, uh, you know, the best in the world. They always get hits at some point or another. So you're going to have to figure out a way. Um, a game back with Arkansas heading into the last home series, right? Or is it the last series overall? The the last series overall in Arkansas. I think they play a doubleheader today, or no, they played last night. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Florida, Arkansas doesn't play anymore this this season, and then Florida has to go win this series, and so we'll see what happens. But um, who is it this weekend? Tell us. This weekend is Texas A and M. Yeah, should, should yeah. be a sweep. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I don't. I don't think Texas A&M has much for Florida this weekend um, on Mother's Day weekend, so it should be a good series. But we'll see. Like we said, you just never know what's going to happen with the bats for Florida, it, especially on Friday nights. It seems like they they just can't can't come out quickly. That that's been the story of the year, I think, too. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. I, I think you've just got to have someone other than Hannah Adams, who can come up and get those big hits in these games. Yeah, I mean, you know, it seemed like Kendall Lindemann was starting to come around, especially in the Alabama series, and, and now it looks like, okay, well, what's what's really going on there? So, you know, it's like I said before, same old story, different year. Um, this team will go as far as the bats can get them. Yep, agreed. Uh, Ethan, this weekend, who's the Gators got? Uh, they're at... They're at Kentucky Thursday through Saturday. Okay, give us the uh, the the rundown. Well, Kentucky they're a not a great team. They're like NCAA tournament bubble type team. So this should be a series that the Gators should win. And if they're gonna compete for the SEC championship and kind of make up for the sweep they had at South Carolina earlier this year, this is a series that you would like to see them possibly sweep. Two is it two games back or one game back? They're one behind Vandy and Tennessee, who are tied for the lead right now. That's right. Okay. Okay. And they're two games behind Arkansas for the overall SEC lead. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, so big weekend for the Gators uh, in the NFL draft. Uh, eight go, so they don't break the record. Uh, but uh, Kyle Pitts. The highest drafted overall tight end ever, as uh, my Atlanta Falcons take him at pick number four. Um, passed on Justin Fields, and yeah, ah, I don't know. I hope it don't come back to bite us. I love Kyle Pitts. Think he's going to be great in the offense. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Glad glad to get to see Kyle play uh, in Atlanta, and then uh, Kadarius Tony goes to the Giants. Uh, Good, good pick. I mean, I, I think him and Daniel Jones goes really well. And then um, Kyle Trask slips to the second round and goes to the Bucs. And, um, you know, I, listen, is there a difference in the money between the first round and the second round? Absolutely. But if you're Kyle Trask, what better team to go to than learn from than Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks? Yeah. No, when that happened, I was just like, wow, that is that is the best opportunity he could ever imagine getting. Uh, so, yeah, really awesome for him just to be able to – 
you know, sit back there for a little bit, learn from Tom Brady and, you know, kind of go back to what he does best. So, um, yeah, I think it was overall a really great draft for the Gators. Uh, like you said, Trayvon Grimes totally slipping out was a big shocker. Um, you know, and they didn't, they didn't, uh, hit the record, which was crazy because, you know, we're seeing all these other guys go and I'm like, yeah, they're going to get it because Grimes has to go. When but, Evan McPherson went, I said, oh, it's a done deal. They got yeah, it. Exactly. And then we're just waiting and waiting and it doesn't come. It's like teams are picking up guys off the street before they're drafting Trayvon Grimes. And I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Anyone have an idea of what, what the deal was? Ethan? I, I mean, I have no explanation for why Trayvon Grimes didn't go. But going back to Kyle Trask for a second, I just the one thing I hope for him is that Tom Brady's kind of got a reputation for not always being great with his backup quarterbacks. Like he, I think, pretty much forced the Patriots to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. I just hope that maybe it's a little bit better of a situation now that Brady knows that he only has a couple of years left, we think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think Trask is going to be any kind of threat to him. Like, maybe he would think some of these other guys are, even though nobody's challenging Tom Brady. But, you know, it, he is going to be a guy that's just going to be willing to sit back and learn. Even though, you know, everybody says, I'm going in, I'm going to compete, I'm going to try to win the starting job. But when Tom Brady's in front of you, you just sit back and listen. You're not winning the starting job with Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if him, if Trask being like this longtime backup actually helped his draft stock. Like, if he had been a starter through high school and throughout his college career, do the Bucks take a guy like that, knowing that they're going to have to sit him for a couple of years first? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I said that um, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, and that was, you know, I thought it was fine because he's not going to come in and, you know, he's not going to cause problems. He's not going to be like Jordan Love in the in the Aaron Rodgers situation right now that's, you know, turning, you know, crazy. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously it doesn't matter who comes in. I mean, you know, they, they could sign Drew Brees tomorrow, and he's not taking Tom Brady's spot, and, and Tom Brady's not caring about it. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, do, I think it helps, and, you know, obviously, I think it's a good pick because I think, you know, I mean, there's no there's no Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time. Um, but if you're looking at a small comparison of what it is, and that is Kyle Trask, a very accurate quarterback, a very smart quarterback, um, not as mobile like Tom Brady, uh, but, can you know, he can still get outside the pocket if need be. Um, it's a good fit. I mean, the offense is already built for what Kyle Trask does really well. Uh, so again, I think it's a good pickup. Um, I was, you know, I was heading into the to the draft, kind of hoping that was where it was going to go. Is he was going to be able to go to the to the Bucks, and the Bucks even said they thought about drafting him in in the first round. So I think it's a good pickup. Um, he gets to stay close to uh, where he's you know been for the last few years. Um, it's I think there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, Kadarius going to the Giants, though, I think it's a, a, a good fit because I think Daniel Jones has been looking for that weapon um, and, and really needing that guy. And I think Kadarius Tony goes up there and is instantly probably the the best playmaker they have right now, outside of Saquon. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean. He can definitely turn their offense into, you know, kind of eh, into into an explosive one. Um, so I think it is a great fit. Uh, I think he ended up in a perfect situation. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have much else to say about him there. But, yeah, really good for Tony. I was a little surprised that he went as early as he did, though. I thought he'd be more of a late first-round guy, and he went 
number twenty. I think we said it last week. Teams got teams got desperate. When yes. when when that when when Chase went off the board, Devontae went off the board, and Jalen Waddle went off the board, teams got really desperate because the drop off. And I know people were so high on Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore don't hold a stick to Kadarius Tony as far as playmaking ability. Kadarius Tony's a good player, but I mean uh, Elijah Moore's a good player, but he ain't Kadarius Tony. So I think teams got very desperate, very quick, and I and I thought it would. Um, Obviously, you know, it would have been fun to see him in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer's offense. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I like the pickup. I think it's great for Daniel Jones. I think it's a, a, a home run hit for Daniel Jones. Yeah, and, and like you said, that's what we see in these drafts. Is once those players start going off the board, everybody's just like, got to get my guy, got to get my guy before yeah. it's too late. So, yeah, that's definitely what happened there. Uh, thoughts on uh, Kyle Pitts? I mean, I think it's exactly what most of us expected to happen. So, you know, really awesome for him. Top drafted tight end of all time. So, you know, he's continuing to just build his legacy already before he's even in the NFL. Um, So, yeah, really good for him. I know you're a little disappointed uh, skipping over Justin Fields there. But uh, I, I don't I know, know if I, I, I well, let me let me, before I get hate from from Florida fans <laughs> because I'm gonna get hate from Florida fans and, and I, here's the thing I'm not disappointed I I just uh, I as a Falcons fan I see Matt Ryan's career starting to dwindle down you got pick number four you know good quarterback there Justin Fields. Get him, let him learn from Matt Ryan for two years, be ready to go, you know, and the the offensive playmakers with Julio and Calvin Ridley. Now, if they trade Julio Jones, it's a big different story, Um, but, you know, I don't think the playmakers were such a big deal. Now, the argument to that is Kyle Pitts is a -a once-in-a-lifetime tight end. So, yeah, I'm not upset. I just (laughs) question. I think. One of the draft analysts, it might have even been Kirk Herbstreit, said that if he had to make a bet on which player would be most likely to be in the Hall of Fame out of this draft class, it would be Kyle Pitts. And I think there's not really a whole lot of argument there because quarterbacks are inherently very high-risk, high-reward. Pitts is the one guy in this draft class I think there will be it will be a major surprise if he's not a multi-time Pro Bowler type of player. Right. Well, and, and here's the thing with you know Pitts, and that is you can make the argument he was the second-best player in this draft. Behind Trevor Lawrence, um, and and that's just you know the, the case of the NFL draft, and that quarterbacks go first because it's a quarterback-driven league. Um, but you know, had the had the Jets not traded Sam Darnold, he's probably a Jet right now. Um, you know, Level Michael, it's my buddy. Sorry, but you don't want to be a Jet. <laughs> so probably a good thing for him that he wasn't a Jet. Um, but you know, overall. I think he was second best player in this draft. And, you know, if, if, like you said, I think you can make the argument that he'll be a multi-time pro bowler. And, and the, I think the scary thing for, for everyone is this, and that is Kyle Pitts continues to get better every year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think you're right. He's just going to continue to blossom there. I might have to unfollow him on Instagram though, because ever since, <laughs> ever since he got drafted, he's signing all these contracts and every post is an ad. So I'm going to have to get some canes or something or get some Bose uh, earphones that 
He's got all kinds of contracts coming his way. I'm kind of upset with my boy Kadarius. Adidas? Come on, KT. What are you doing, man? Well, Adidas isn't even around anymore. Hey, you got to take what you can get. Yeah, but we're not running the three-stripe life. Well, hey, uh, whoever's paying the most money, I don't care. Yeah. I'll take Hey Adidas, hey Adidas, if you're listening, uh, the three of us would like uh, an endorsement contract. We'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I'll take Reebok or whoever. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, how shocked were you that are you guys that Evan McPherson was drafted as high as he was? I, I, I oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, I, was, I was surprised just because you think when somebody's drafting the fifth round, like a kicker like that, you'd think there'd be like this run on kickers afterwards and there'd be three or four guys taken. He ended up being the only one drafted. So either the team that drafted him either misjudged how the situation was with specialists or they just, I don't know what the, I, I never could think there was ever a good justification for taking a kicker or a punter before the seventh round. Just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to, use a draft pick on a guy that you could find as an undrafted free agent or draft somebody equally as good a couple rounds later, but it's good for him. You think he's one of the highest drafted, maybe the second highest drafted Gator kicker ever or something like that. I was shocked. I mean, I was just sitting there watching and everything and all of a sudden I see his name come up and I'm like, Oh crap, let me get my computer. (laughs) Cause I mean, I was not expecting it at all. Um, You know, it's great for him. I'm really happy for him. But, yeah, I didn't even expect him to get drafted, to be completely honest. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely a big shock. Uh, Cincinnati needed a kicker. I mean, they've had some struggles. So, I guess you got to do what you got to do. But, yeah, I I was definitely uh, a little bit surprised there. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, I could have seen him getting drafted. You know, I mean, uh, I always say this, the seventh round draft picks are kind of just, Hey, let me get a draft pick so so that I make the pick. Um, and so I I, I kind of thought he'd be sixth or seventh um, in that range. Um, obviously, he was the you know by far the best kicker in the draft. Um, and I think he's going to have a good career uh, for sure. Like you said, I, I, you know, I kind of thought it was maybe a little high, but uh, hey. Good for him. Um, nice little payday for him. Um, you know, not much more than an undrafted free agent, but still good. And, uh, you know, again, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be their kicker next year. And um, glad to see it. And, you know, it makes his decision, you know, look even better uh, coming out of the draft. Um, I'm like you guys in that I'm kind of against the whole drafting a kicker, even even late. I, I, I just am. I, I think there's, you know, always the opportunity to get a kicker. Um, you know, in the undrafted free agents. And, you know, who knows? McPherson might not have been there. So um, good for him. Um, uh, Slayton. Slayton went a little higher than I thought he would go. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I kind of I kind of saw him going in that range. Um, but, yeah, again, you know, awesome for him. I Florida just had a lot of those players that were right there in that those last few rounds that we were just waiting to see when they were going to get taken. Um but, yeah, I mean, go ahead, Ethan, on him. I was a little surprised. He, I thought he'd be more of a seventh-round undrafted free agent type of guy, but he's gonna. He's extremely athletic, obviously, very big guy. Those guys like him don't grow on trees. I was a little surprised to see him go ahead of, like, Stone Forsyth, though. That was kind of the biggest surprise for me was how far he dropped. Yeah, I mean, that was going to be my next thing is, you know, we heard he could potentially go third round, and he goes, what, fifth? Uh, so, you know, 
six. Um, so you know that was a you know that was definitely a, a little bit of surprise. And then to see Kyrie Campbell, uh, you know, not get picked. Yeah, I didn't really see Campbell getting picked. Um, but I was a little shocked to see uh, Forsyth drop so far. I didn't see him as that third round pick like we kind of talked about last week. But I definitely thought you know there was a time where offensive linemen were going off the board. Yeah. One by one. And you kept thinking maybe we're going to hear his name and we just weren't. When Alex Leatherwood went as high as he did, I thought, oh, Stone's going to go third round. Yeah. I thought thought it was going to happen at that point. And then just just kept thinking, what do these teams know that we don't? Are we missing something here? And then eventually Seahawks grabbed him in the sixth. Uh, and Marco goes to a really good team in the in, in, in fit wise uh, with the di- uh, Diamondbacks. I'm thinking baseball here. Uh, the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, uh, go out to uh, there where they like to play that press man that Marco's really good at. So um, you know, I, I like that pick as well uh, for for both Marco and the Cardinals. I think it's a really good pickup. And um, you know, I I said it before and I'll say it again, and that is you know I think at times the defense uh, scheme. Marco, the the best of worlds. So uh, let's see what he does in the league. Yeah, um, you know, I I, I think he went right around where we kind of thought he was going to, maybe a little bit higher. But like you said, a good fit for him. Really hoping he does good things in the league. You know, it it was unfortunate the way his career at Florida ended. But, you know, you're always hoping the best for these guys. um, And I think it will be a place where he can kind of blossom at the next level. Uh, uh, Sean Davis, uh, what, what do you think of that pick? I mean, without, without knowing a whole lot about the Indianapolis Colts, no, don't really okay. know a lot about them, but I mean, he went about where I thought he would and just hopefully the Colts will use him the right way. Like we talked about last week and they won't try to make him line up man to man or anything like that. And they'll let him be basically an old school linebacker type of safety. Right. Yeah, yeah he's I, guy where you know he's he's gonna be a special teams guy at least for for the start of his career, and then we'll kind of see where he goes from there. But yeah, I think that's how he'll kind of start out there. Did you think that was about where he would go? Yeah, I, I think that's where most people kind of had him pegged. Um, um yeah, again, I, I like the pick. Uh, for the Colts, as long as they use him the right way, I, I like that pick, um, and I think they will. I mean, I think they've done enough homework on him to to know that and to understand, you know, just where he was gonna, you know, what he's best at and where he could line up. Um, so I, again, I, I I like that pick. I I, I do, and um, I hope that um, Sean's able to get in there and you know do all the special teams and, and earn himself a, a job and have a long career. I think he will, um, as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing with him and a lot of these guys is just making sure that they they keep their bodies right. Um, you know, it's it's been a problem for several guys uh, who went in this draft, but you know, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it all works out for him. Who am I missing that got drafted? Um, I think we covered most everybody, didn't we? I'm trying to think here, we went Marco, uh, Sean. Trask, Pitts, Tony, Forsythe, Slayton, and McPherson. Yeah, that's all eight. So that's uh like uh, let's go back to Trayvon for a second. And you know, obviously it was unexpected that he went undrafted. Um, but 
it goes back to kind of what we talked about last week when we were doing the preview, and that is Trayvon's inconsistency, I think, hurt him at times. Um, his ability to go up and make plays is unbelievable. His body size, unbelievable for, for an NFL guy. Uh, fits the NFL style to a T. Um, everything is there for him. It's just the inconsistency and never put it together there. Um, I will say this. I don't know after – well, I, I do know. After the fifth round, I think it's almost better to be an undrafted free agent. Go pick your team. Uh, Brian Johnson knows him really well with the Eagles, um, knows what he's going to get there. Um, so, I, you know, while you always want to hear your name called, I think after the fifth round, it's okay to be an undrafted free agent and go pick your team. You basically get to call out your new teammate and say, okay, I think I can beat these guys. Right, yeah. Yeah, but I, I still think everybody wants to wants to have that, that they can always say they got drafted. But, um, you know, it, it. I don't know. It was just really shocking for me. And we're seeing so many of these guys go off and we're like, is this guy really better than Trayvon Grimes? Like, what What are we missing here, though? One of my guys from the South Alabama Jaguars was picked ahead of him, and that was a absolute shock. <laughs> Let me tell you, that was a shock. Um, what do you think of the of the the Eagles with him though? Um, I think it's a good pick because Jalen Hurts loves to throw the fade. Let him go up and get it. Yeah, yep. yeah. No, I, I think I think it'll be good for him. I honestly I don't watch the Eagles very much, so I can't just straight up tell you what he's going to do there. But um, you know, hope, hopefully it'll all be good for him. Um, and I, I think, like you said, a good thing having Brian Johnson there, someone he can kind of lean on, uh, is good for him. I, I don't think any of us have missed much by not watching Eagles the last couple of years. <laughs> Carson Wentz has uh, went from really good to really bad, so we'll see what they do with Jalen Hurts. Uh, not the uh, the highest on the, the Jalen Hurts train. Uh, I will say this, too. I was a little shocked Brett Heggie didn't get picked in the 6th or 7th round. Um, I, I really thought he would um, because of his ability to play everywhere um, and because of his just nastiness that, that he plays with. Um, I, I was shocked that he didn't get drafted higher up. I, would, I, thought, I would thought going into the draft that he had a chance to get drafted, but then once we started seeing Stone start sliding, kind of thought there's no way he's getting drafted ahead of him. So then kind of t- lowered the expectations a little bit and – by the time day three came around, I kind of expected he wasn't going to get picked at that point. What, what do you think of him going to the Giants? Well, I mean, got a good running back to block for, Saquon Barkley. So, yeah. I mean, that's about all I know about the Giants, honestly. Yeah, but on Heggy, I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't really think he was going to get drafted. I wish he would have because I, I really, you know, I, he was a player I enjoyed watching at Florida. Um, always a really good guy to talk to. But I think the biggest thing with him is just what his longevity is going to be with uh, his body holding up. What, uh, you know, for me with him, do you guys think he makes the roster? I think he does. Yeah, I think he does. With Like you said, just having that kind of nastiness about him he's and his versatility, I think it, it, will, it will pay off for him eventually. If he stays healthy, he's... On a, he's on their active roster to start next year. Um, I, I I agree. Same thing with Trayvon. What do y'all think of Trayvon? Yeah, <sighs> I, don't, I don't know. I think he will. Um, especially like we've talked about, he's 
he's a good special teams guy to something else these teams are looking for. Um, but we'll see. I, I think he's definitely a guy that can uh, make a roster. What'd y'all think of his uh, tweet about third name on uh, or third dirt on my name? What? Who was he referring to? Uh, I, I hate hotel and Roy. He's one of those guys that's always putting out stuff like that, though, that you never really know what they're what they're talking uh, like, about. Johnson very Johnson still has he still has this like victim complex on Twitter and stuff all these years later. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly weird. Some, some yeah. of these guys just they like to always feel like there's somebody out to get them, and I guess if that makes you play better, hey, go for it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Donovan Steiner to the Steelers. Yeah. Thought. <laughs> good uh, for him. Yeah, it's good for him. I mean, hate hate to be, say this, but I I would be very surprised if he makes the roster. I yeah. thought it was a weird fit. Donovan Steiner's not a heavy hitting safety, and the uh, Steelers are a nasty defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, who 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 else are we missing? Did did Brad Stewart get picked up? Not that I've seen. Yeah, I haven't seen anything on Brad Stewart. Am I missing anybody that's been picked up? I I don't think so. Did Kyrie Campbell go anywhere? Or? Uh, I haven't uh haven't seen Kyrie either. Let me let me do a double check here. I'm looking to make sure, but. I haven't, I haven't seen, anything. seen anything on Kyrie. He'll probably be a guy. Um, he'll probably be a guy that you know is picked up as training camp gets closer. Um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, Ky- Kyrie did not make. Uh, did not get picked up, which is very surprising to me. Yeah, that's that, that's very surprising. Brad Stewart kind of. I, I kind of didn't expect him to get picked up just because. I mean, he wasn't that great of a player at Florida. I mean, he was at times, but not consistently. And then. He was, like, suspended the first couple of games of every season, it felt like. He didn't even start playing until October, so I guess teams aren't going to take a chance on somebody with average talent and then yet and all the off-the-field stuff, too. Right, yeah, I mean, that, that obviously hurts you. I mean, you know, that we say that all the time. And, 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 you know, some people don't always agree with it, but, you know, what you do off the field matters, especially in the NFL. I mean, you know, you're, you're paying, you're, you're, you got a 53-man roster, and then you have, um, you know, the, the limited practice squad. It, you, you can't have someone that's going to be suspended. If you have, like, extraordinary talent, they'll make an exception for you. But if you're not just an amazing player, they're not going to put up with somebody that they don't know if they're going to be on the rock, if they'll be able to play in a given week. Right. Uh, I'm going to throw a curveball at you guys. We hadn't even talked about this. Uh, next year, what do you see the draft looking like for the Gators? Well, I mean, the obvious, I think, first round would be Kyrie Elam. He seems to be showing up top 15 in just about every way too early mock drafts I've seen. He'd be the, I think, probably the only one right now you could say would go day one, go, go first round for sure. And then day two, I mean, maybe Jacob Copeland with a really good season that we capable of having. Right. Brent Cox. Uh, Zach, Carter, Zach Carter's the one that I think has the biggest rise next year. Yeah, he definitely has has the chance to to make that big jump uh, in in his last season. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that we're we're missing here. 
that those would be the big ones. Uh, obviously, Trey Dean's a guy who has all the talent in the world. Um, that I think you know once uh, once once he's you know able to get a ton of playing time at safety, I think he's a guy who fits the NFL really well um, and, and could do some things um, at that position. Uh, Justin Shores, another guy who you know uh, has the um, athleticism and the size to play in the NFL. Um, I think he's a he's a guy there. Um, obviously, Ventrell Miller is you know kind of limited a little bit because of his um, inability at times to cover um, you know at that position. Um, we'll see what the two defensive tackles who were transfers in uh, so far. You know those two guys have looked good in the spring. Um, that hasn't you know it hasn't been anything in the in the fall against uh, competition. So we'll see there. Um, at running back, it'll be interesting to kind of see. You know, I, I think it's always going to be tough for you know running backs in Florida to to have breakout years just because they like to play so many. Yeah, yeah there's just no opportunity to have that that big season for them. Um, but okay, let me ask this: If Emory goes out and just lights it up, what 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 happens? See ya. See ya. <laughs> yeah, if he has, he has. He has first round upside for sure just because I mean he he has the mobility that Trask didn't have that kept him from the first round right yeah quarterbacks don't come back if they can be drafted yeah yeah, yeah. you know I mean you, you look at you know you what's that there's just too much to risk if you get hurt and you go from first or second round to undrafted right well I mean look at Davis Mills at Stanford just an average quarterback he gets picked yeah. You know, so, I mean, you know, and, you know, unless you're one of the, the one or two quarterbacks, you know, you're, you're going to go sit. So, you know, it doesn't matter. So, yeah, obviously, if Emory comes out and has a good year, um, I, I do. I think he uh, I think he could bolt. And, yeah. you know, the good good thing is you have Anthony Richardson ready to go. Right. Good situation yep. there. Um, go ahead. They got some of the linebackers they got, I think they've got a lot of players – particularly linebacker that I think have a high upside that could shoot up draft boards that right now aren't really up there, like Mamou Diabate, Tyrone Hopper. Just they got some guys like that that really I can see going anywhere from like day two to undrafted at this point. Same thing with Jeremiah Moon. I mean, if he could stay healthy and show something, he's a guy that, you know, you'll see on a draft board somewhere. Chris Bogle's another one we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah. Yeah, he he's one. Andrew Chatfield's another one. Um, you know, several guys that you know you could see, and you know, I again, you know, we 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 talk about Kadarius Tony going as high as he did. You know, heading into last year's uh, or heading into this time last year, he was a seventh round pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, had you told people like, had you told people you know last year Kyle Trask would go as high as he did and Kyle Pitts would go as high as he did, most people would have laughed at you. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, Pitts went from being like into the first rounder to greatest college tight end prospect of all time, real quick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, any final thoughts? Uh, do we want to talk about the NIL stuff a little bit? Uh, we'll get into that next week. Yeah. We're kind of running out of time here. Um, you know, it's going back and forth. Now it was at one time going to be postponed. Now it looks like it's going to be back in July. So, um, let's give it a couple of days to kind of filter out some more. And so that way we could spend some more time on, we're going to talk that and talk some of the rule changes for practices. Uh, we'll spend that next week uh, on our podcast. All right, sounds good. That that's pretty much all I had. Then, Ethan, what's the prediction this weekend? I think they take two out of three. I think 
think they'll lose game two. Be my prediction. With Mace. Yeah. Okay, there you go. All right, guys, well, we appreciate it. As always, follow us at Gator Country on Twitter and Instagram, at Gator Country on Facebook, and uh, check us out on the websites. We'll be having a lot of stuff go live this week with uh, with the Diamond Sports recruiting stuff as well. Um, in just less than a month until the uh, recruiting gets back underway on, on campuses, the Gators will be hosting their little barbecue on June the 1st, so less than a month now. And uh, as always, guys, we appreciate it. Make sure to check us out and give us a thumbs up if you like the podcast. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.